Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski Schneider. Today I'm joined by Martin Kelly, chairman and founder of Innovo. So welcome, Martin. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so yes, I set up uh, Innovo Net Zero 13 years ago. Um, and uh, this has been a, a long labor of love over that time. Uh, but it's objective is to find profitable clean technologies and to uh, help halve global CO2 emissions. But um, I've only been doing this for 13, 13 years, so there was a, there was a life before <laughs> that uh, in technologies, um, and then before that in uh, turnarounds of medium-sized uh, companies. And usually the turnarounds were based on um, a mixture of partnerships and innovation. So um, same same toolkit, different global challenge this time. I like how you say you had a life before this. It's like, bear in oh, mind yes. that, that he's five <laughs> hours ahead of me. And it just seems I'm getting a alerts that Martin is doing phone calls at like 10 o'clock my time. I'm like 10 p.m. Like this man doesn't sleep. No, so I do crazy. finish at 10 generally. <laughs> So he says. <laughs> he, he lives at an home. So now tell us, what are some of the most impact, <clears throat> impactful projects Innova has undertaken? And how do these projects demonstrate your commitment to environmental sustainability? And actually, so, wait, I guess before we even get into that, briefly tell us a little bit about what exactly is Innova. Right. So we uh, we look for profitable clean technologies. And uh, and we we scan with our partners literally hundreds of thousands of technologies in the course of a year. Well, they do actually, <laughs> and they they submit to us then uh, those technologies which are very very promising, and then of those we would take the absolute gems. So the the technologies we've got are one in a hundred thousand and the top technologies are one in a million one in several billions so having found them uh we uh, then said about um how do we commercialize them make them globally pervasive within the space of the six remaining years we've got on this challenge to halve uh, global greenhouse gas emissions and that requires um, an international network of uh, executives, and it also requires really substantial amounts of uh, capital, which we are raising right now. So we are raising uh, hundreds of millions for the first of our uh, biorefinery plants, and then we we then partner with big uh, companies, uh, cement, steel, chemicals, uh, who have the problem of heavy CO two emissions or cities which have the challenge of how to recycle waste and so on and we we then help deploy those technologies right. in partnership always in partnership with the client and with the um, technology provider and with the source of finance 
Nice. And we'll get into a little bit, but just so everybody can see, it says a noble, profitable Mitsera behind you. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's one of the unique things that in the world where everybody wants something for nothing, this is a partnership, as you say, where it's more helping yeah. to have CO2 emissions in a profitable manner. And yes. that's something that you don't hear of. It's not so much that yeah. we're going to do this for you. We're going to do this for you and you're going to be able to make money out. So yeah. I, I think that is um, a huge factor because I, that was one of the things that attracted me to all of this. It's not that you're saying, say, oil and gas. Oh, no, we have to get electric cars because oil and gas is bad. You're saying, no, no, it is, but we can fix this and you can make money at the same time. Yes. So it's, yes. yeah, I think that's awesome. But we'll touch on it. But uh, on that, that point, going back further, um, I certainly feel that we have a responsibility in this country where I live in the UK for being the root cause of all this in the first place, <laughs> because because we we started the Industrial Revolution. And it's very interesting because actually the Industrial Revolution and how that spread so quickly was actually the inspiration for profitable net zero, yes. because they didn't they didn't have a COP1 or a COP21 to say, well, I know what, let's let's pursue the industrial revolution to improve living standards and create jobs. No, they did it because it was highly profitable. Right. And and it spread like wildfire round the globe because it made so much money for all the companies and countries that use the technology. Right. So our philosophy is that that's the way to make net zero technologies spread incredibly quickly and if you look at what's happened with solar and wind for example they are both huge sources of energy now and they have grown faster and faster the more profitable they've they've become um, but there's only there's only one snag that it took them 30 years from first profitability to get to the stage they're at now well unfortunately they only have six years left Right. So, um, but that's that's the sort of uh, the principles, if you will, and the inspiration from the black coal industrial revolution that started here in the UK. Yeah, but I mean, we'll touch on it again. But I, I think people nowadays are starting to realize that this is something important. And like you say, even now with companies where you have to have be ESG compliant and whatnot. So, um, you know, this is really just educating the whole world on what it is you're doing and how. Given now while it's hot, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now tell us, what are some of the most impact, impactful projects in Oval's undertaken, and how do these projects demonstrate your commitment to environmental sustainability? So, um, funnily enough, the most impactful projects we've undertaken are just now coming to fruition. So we uh, we've been looking for technologies, and we've been we've been paying a great deal of attention and focusing on clean technologies, profitable ones. And um, let me give you an example of what we think is the most impactful technology, but, but the journey to actually find it and get it to the stage where it's at now. So um, for, for millennia, half of the oxygen we breathe on this planet comes from algae in the oceans. And for well over a hundred years, algae have, has actually been farmed as a source of uh, animal feed and biofertilizers and so on, but on an incredibly small scale. 
um, but its potential to absorb carbon dioxide is, is vast, as you can see from the oceans. And it's actually many, many times more efficient than trees. If you have an acre of algae, it will take out a lot more CO2 than an acre of trees, which is surprising. Um, so we started tracking the, this area of technology and we saw the first algae company, which was heading towards profitability uh, about eight years ago. Uh, it was small scale, but it had it had an industrial potential. And um, so it, it won an award uh, in uh, Canada, the province of Alberta ran, ran a competition. But then a few years later, what happened to the company was what happens to so many companies. It got snapped up by a big company, a big oil and gas company, as it happens. And whilst that was very, that was good for the company, it was not good for the planet. And uh, so we have tracked this technology and it's, it's now reached a point where uh, very, very large scale biorefineries, we call them, are now built and operational at early stage, industrial scale, and they're being scaled up. And fortunately, the founders of these companies have resisted the inevitable approaches they've had from, uh, it's not just oil and gas companies, all big companies have a would like to acquire a technology if it's successful for competitive advantage. It's yeah. part of the world we live in. So I don't blame them for that, but it doesn't, it doesn't help address climate change, right? Yeah. If, if these gems are locked away for the benefit of one company to give it an edge over its competition. So the companies we're working with now have only in the last um, literally 12 months hit industrial scale. And we have been working closely with the leading one of them and more closely and less more closely with the second, but they've, they've come through and they are totally, they are, they are total technology breakthroughs. So where it you used to take, uh, you could get 27 tonnes of CO2 a year out of an acre with the old ponds and biofences, you can now get 40,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide out of one acre of this biorefinery. When basically the smoke is bubbled through the algae and exposed to incredibly powerful lighting, Power, more powerful than the Super Bowl. And so the algae grows at an absolutely ferocious rate. It's a living organism, and that's harvested to create animal feed and um, fish feed and biofertilizer and even food su supplements. And it is hugely profitable. Uh, and at the moment, it costs about 40 to $50 a ton, lowest cost to remove a ton of CO2. With this technology, that same ton of CO2 is worth $3,000 of profit. So it is a massive change. Uh, it is just, you know, it, you turn, as we do, we turn up outside cement, steel companies and so on, basically saying, we like to buy your CO2 and you know, we'll, we can build the plant on your premises and we'll turn that CO2 
uh, at $3,000 a ton profit into fish feed, animal feed, omega-3 oil, cosmetics even. So uh, it is a total game changer for us and, it, and the impact it can have is enormous. Um, and the, so the only thing now that we're focusing on is raising the capital to, to deploy it. So one of these plants to do um, uh, 36,000 tons is $200 million, but it pays for itself inside four or five years. So it's profitable. So you can build more and more plants. So that's, that would be a, a long, but, but uh, uh, to the point answer to your question there. Yeah, but I mean, that would make no reason for somebody not to want to do it because they're going to continue the business the same as they always do. But at the same time, instead of creating bad CO2, they're actually lessening their, their carbon footprint yeah. and yeah. making a profit. I mean, yeah. there's no reason not to do it. <laughs> well, that's right. And in fact, the 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 most uh, the most common objection we get at the beginning is, well, this is too good to be true. Yeah. yeah. How can this be? But you and I having a a virtually free video conference call in color would be unimaginable 10 years ago. Right. And, you know, we walk around with a smartphone with more technology than put the first man on the moon. So, <laughs> so, um, so it, it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that's right. That's amazing. <laughs> that's always the way. <laughs> Now tell us, can you highlight the innovative technologies that Anova is developing or scaling? And how do these technologies offer solutions to current environmental challenges? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I touched on, on one. There's another one uh, uh, which deals with waste, waste recycling. And um, waste recycling uh, is a huge problem, as you know. And um, uh, nearly... All of us now have microparticles of plastic in our bodies at a tiny uh, molecular level, but they're there. And, and this is if, when they come back to do um, archaeology on this era, they'll call it the plastics <laughs> era because it's, it's everywhere. And um, so this is a technology that, again, has been around for a while. 10 years or so. In fact, it was developed, uh, I believe, by the American military first. That's usually <laughs> the way with these technologies. Um, and what it does is it takes anything, literally anything except explosives and radioactive waste, but anything, hospital sharps, toxic waste, sewerage, effluent, certainly landfill, and it just they just shovel it in in bales into what is a very high pressure cooker. And it uses microwave and very high temperatures. And what they do is they progressively cut every atomic bond across everything. So plastic is broken down into pure carbon, pure hydrogen, pure nitrogen, pure oxygen. And that carbon comes out as pure graphene. And graphene is a form of carbon that has incredible properties. So this, they're, they're deploying these now. We've introduced them to about, to about 10 major American cities, um, uh, from Chicago to Mesa in Arizona. 
I think he's in Arizona. But anyway, yeah. I'm safe. <laughs> you I, I, I'm a Brit. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not US. So, um, and they, they can use it for landfill profitably. And uh, our job is to introduce the cities uh, to the technology. Unfortunately, the technology provider had raised its capital before we got involved. We would love to raise capital for this because they have raised $46 billion to deploy this. It's just huge. And, but it can do away with landfill completely and waste. And so, um, uh, and of course, the, the outputs are, are incredible. It's pure oxygen that comes out. But the graphene is a wonder material. You know, graphene is 200 times stronger than steel. Yeah. And it, um, there was uh, two Nobel Prizes awarded uh, for the, the uh, two scientists who discovered graphene, um, I think it was about 20 years ago. But the breakthrough is being able to make this on a commercial scale. Now, graphene, if you have a graphene battery for your electric car, uh, you can charge it in minutes, not hours. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes solar panels 40% more efficient than silicon does. So it has this huge number of uses. And we are so keen to distribute this product, this uh, graphene, pure carbon, uh, internationally to help provide additional income streams for the for the waste material. But but it's um, the frustrating thing about it is is that municipal councils are, are not the world's fastest decision makers. Right? <laughs> they, have, they have their own um, uh, governance they pursue, which is right and proper. So uh, speed. <laughs> Speed to getting this deployed is is more challenging. Uh, that, that that's true. No no problem with the capital in this case, but it is it is a very profitable revolutionary technology. It's a shame that they've taken so long because that is a big issue. Um, like I, I know it gets to the point with like recycling and landfills. There's nowhere left to put this. Like I I heard even in Canada yeah. that they have to ship yeah. it to another country because as big as Canada is, there's no more room to put this. So if you found a place to put yes. it that doesn't yeah. take up space but actually produces something, why would you not jump on top of yes. this? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and it's probably, it's not that Canada doesn't have the space. It's that Canada doesn't want it. <laughs> I can't blame them there. <laughs> I think Canada has the space if it, if it wanted to. But then who wants to put landfill down with all the associated uh, problems? And in fact, China stopped taking it. So it's now other countries. And it's always the poorest, least developed countries who end up taking the trash. Right. Yeah, uh, story of yeah. human civilization or the lack of it. Right. So, but this, this is, this is, this makes that trash profitable. Right. We call it from trash to treasure. I mean, that's uh, a good slogan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But that's that's a, a good example. Uh, there's a, another technology we found. Uh, speaking of trees earlier which actually accelerates the growth uh, of trees. Okay. So when you're, so all these trees that are planted, if you plant a tree today, it will not do anything for the climate this side of 2030, mm -hmm. because the carbon you have to emit, you know, planting it and 
taking it to the site and so on, is greater than carbon dioxide that uh, a sapling will take out of the atmosphere. So this is this is a very simple but clever patented technology. And what they do is, so you know when you, you go to the garden center and you get um, a small sapling of a, a mighty tree, which is basically a twig right. with a small plastic pot around right. the bottom. And most people uh, leave that twig in the pot and the garden center leaves it in the pot way too long. So when you take it out of the pot, it has a tight root ball. And actually, those roots should have been stretching out into soil a lot sooner in their in their life. So this technology takes it out of that small pot as almost as soon as the roots hit the side. So and it's a so it's a bigger pot, and it's about um, well, it's the size of a normal flower pot and bigger, and but it's in biodegradable material. So you just plant it directly. So and the the impact it has, the first of all, the the trees survive at twice the rate, and they grow twice as fast. So within six or seven years, you're at tree canopy level. Those little saplings you you planted have doubled in size because their roots are two or three times great. So so and then what they do then is they use satellites to measure the tree canopy to generate carbon credits to actually uh, make further income from trees by uh, selling the carbon credits. Wow. <laughs> Sounds like a good, uh, what's the word, uh, a good team effort on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a good combination of technologies and so on. Yeah. They're actually part of a program with the UN to plant one billion trees worldwide. Right. So the trees are being planted in Mongolia, Bangladesh and a couple of other countries as well to hit this billion tree, right? But the key thing is those trees in those pots will actually start taking CO2 out of the atmosphere ahead of 2030, which is a kind of deadline. That's awesome. How does Inogo collaborate with industry giants and startups alike to amplify the impact of your initiatives? And can you share a success story from these collaborations? Uh, well, um, let me start by sharing with you typical non-success stories, like okay. as we, okay, because um, uh, I would hate anyone to run away with the idea that this is easy, because uh, <laughs> actually um, that's probably one of the hardest things, especially with the bigger companies. It is so hard to establish a relationship with the decision maker. Um, it takes so long, and then the bigger the company, the greater the challenge they have in actually making things happen. So uh, we we found that very hard to achieve, and um, uh, that's that's one of the reasons, Patty, why we've engaged you as a uh, pristine advisors as our uh, marketing uh, <laughs> it, agency, because because that's exactly. What um, you've been uh, you've been doing for us, so that's that's a great because out of what you need that background awareness, uh, so that and PR and so forth and and podcasts like this, they don't put everyone off uh, <laughs> being an obo completely. They they um, they achieve that effect. Uh, and the other thing we do as well is we try and recruit executives with connections. 
And uh, we've also um, learned how to put up short videos which are which are informative uh, on the website. So you can go if you want to find out about the technologies and the 50 or so other technologies we've got, you can go to the website and for the leading ones, you can actually watch a short video. So that, that helps as, as well. And executives who are connected inside these organizations who are trusted. So they are senior enough, they have the connections, and when they go and talk to their usually former colleagues uh, at board level, when they say, you have to see this technology and how profitable it is, they get listened to. Um, so that's so, but that has it's taken us a long while to um, master that. And even then, uh, as you know, we're working on this this massive marketing campaign. Well, you'll do most of the work. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we're just giving you the material. <laughs> Lots uh, of it, which is good, but yeah. Uh, uh, but but if you can achieve that critical mass in the market where people come to you rather than you having to knock at the door of what can often appear like Fort Knox breaking <laughs> into a company, then that 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 would be a game changer completely. Right. I mean, uh, if you look at some of the tech giants, and we aspire to be a tech giant, we just aspire to be a clean tech giant. That's, right. our, that's, awesome. that's our goal, um, is that opportunities come knocking at their door. Right. Um, now, in terms of partnering with the technology providers, much, much easier because they are always looking or nearly always looking for, well, they're always looking for customers and especially big customers. And quite often they're looking for capital as well, investment. And um, we are finding it now easier and easier to engage with big companies because of the portfolio of technologies we have got. And um, so it then makes it uh, after they've evaluated the first one and and are planning to deploy it, they then will very readily consider numbers two, three, four, and five from the same stable because it's a it's a trusted stable. Um, but it's still nowhere near fast enough. It, 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 this has to. We, we work when we go and uh, we meet a technology company, which is a one in a million, an absolute gem, like like the algae, like the waste and so on. We we look at it from what do we have to do? What do we have to achieve to make this technology as common as solar farms and wind farms by 2030, six years? And so we work back from that target. Uh, <laughs> Makes sense. It, though, it, it's 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 it it does focus the mind on the value of each day right. on that journey and what you have to achieve to achieve that scale. <clears throat> but you're right when you said <clears throat> having connections that know somebody because nowadays in the world you could be the greatest in the whole wide world, but it's you know I guess just especially since COVID everything became remote and. People are just bombarded. So unless you know somebody, maybe it's the same. I mean, it's just unless you know somebody to kind of tap somebody on the shoulder and say, you need to look at this, it's mm -hmm. it's almost close to impossible to get attention. It's, it's it is hard. very, very hard. And and of course, the noise 
worldwide is just accelerating. Well, it's growing. Like, it feels like it's growing exponentially. You know, there are every company has its own team of loud hailers that go around shouting <laughs> about sure. the product. Yeah. Um, although, uh, interesting, you talk about since the pandemic, the um, we love remote working. Uh, well, you and I have never met, and most of most of my management uh, and I have never met face to face, but but we work together online, and it's not as good, of course, as face to face. But I reckon it's when you add in the airports, the hanging around, the travelling, the oh, I've got to cancel the meeting at the last minute. When you add in all of that, I think it beats face to face meetings because, you know. I, I've just come from one call. Uh, I've got another call. I had a call this morning in Australia. I've got a call tomorrow in Beijing. Well, you wouldn't be able to get there and do that. Uh, and heaven knows what stage I'd be in. Yeah. Well, I, so ironic, <laughs> I, I, and all. Yeah, I've been working remote long before COVID. And um, it, it, the funny part about it is it took a little while for me to come up with a system. But I work harder this way because there's no downtime. Oh, yeah. I used to travel. Yeah, exactly. It was like three hours, you know, to and from. Um, then it was everybody coming in the office. Oh, did you see the show last night? Let's go to lunch. And, you know, there was yep. so much interruptions where I'm basically on call from the minute I roll out of bed to the minute yes. I go to bed. Um, yeah. So, but it's not for everybody. You know, you, you learn who the yeah. good people are, but I yeah. think it's a lot more productive. So I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My my wife, uh, Pamela, is very keen for us to get a bigger house so she can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to put you in the garage. <laughs> uh, well, that's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah. But it is, um, it also has quite a bearing on our recruitment and the talent we can recruit. Right. Uh, because it, because um, we do have a, uh, a very uh, flexible way of working with us. Um, so uh, the uh, we've had in the journey here four hundred odd senior executives and some junior executives working with us uh, part time or full time, short term or long term, mm -hmm. and uh, because it's remote, it's easy to do. It's easier to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, know, you can. We have uh, guys who are working uh, full. Full um, five day week. Well, not many people work five day week now. Go to the office five days. Right. Yeah, uh, hybrid working, but right. they can work two hours, three hours, four hours with us, and and still feel they're doing something right. that is both profitable to them and and doing something which is impactful to the climate. Right. And we have uh, in this in the spirit of profitable net zero. Uh, we also have, it has to be profitable workers. And um, well, as you gather from today's call, uh, <laughs> there are some very unusual aspects uh, about the way we, uh, we do not have, uh, I, I hate the word human resources. Uh, I think it was, I don't know, well, designed by someone in finance. So we've got machine resources and we've got human resources and so on. So it, to me, it's always talent. Right and and how you get the best out of talent, but also how you reward them fairly. And uh, we, uh, and I hate the idea that um, if 
I'm an employer and I've been an employer at companies, uh, I'm trying to pay you what I can get away with, right? Uh, and that is that is a way of employment. So we have this principle of um, you get a fair share of the value you have created. And that value can be huge. If you introduce us to a company or an investor, or you come up with an idea which is extremely valuable, uh, it's hugely valuable to us, and you should share it. And um, that means that alongside putting your time at risk, because it's an entrepreneurial culture, so if you invest your time and project you're working on doesn't doesn't fall off or you're the company you are hoping to introduce us to doesn't go anywhere or are stuck in their own bureaucracy, which is not uncommon, tragically, <laughs> um, uh, then that's your time lost. But on the other hand, if you do invite them, then the remuneration and the capital, because you get shares in, uh, you get equity in all the companies that you help build, that can be, that can be life-changing. And the remuneration is uncapped. So we do have we have a very unusual, um, having been exposed to it, um, <laughs> you you probably agree a very unusual um, remuneration system. Right. Well, as I say in life, you get what you pay for, right? You want the best talent, you know, you got to research. Well, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's how it's headed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you reward them after they delivered the results, and they get a yeah. fair share. Of what yeah. So, yeah. It gives people an incentive to, to work harder because they want to get yeah. the benefits. Right? Yes. Now, how does Anova's business model ensure profitability while advancing towards net zero? And what, uh, what makes this attractive to potential investors? So, um, first of all, we start with profitable clean technologies that are proven to be profitable. They're, they're already deployed, they're already working at an industrial scale usually a small industrial scale, they're not a vast plant stage, but they're only two or three years off that. And so we add everything they're missing, but it's on that foundation. This, These are proven profitable technologies. And so um, we add what we believe is some of the best talent. Uh, we connect them to some of the best, most relevant commercial partners because we are offering those partners other profitable clean technologies right. and because of our i wouldn't say it's obsession but it's it's getting close to being obsessive about profitability mm -hmm. um we we have to be able to get very robust returns for our investors and investors are the financial investors uh, but also the talent that invests in these businesses right. and we we found actually because of the remuneration system, uh, a lot of technologies <laughs> that are borderline, they just don't attract our talent to work on. Them. I'm not going to waste my hours on that because that's not going anywhere. You know? uh, but the business model is, is very focused on the profitable outcomes because the more profitable an outcome is, the faster this clean tech will, will spread, like solar and wind has. I mean, and you already you said you have 217 biorefineries at 18 companies committed um, subject yeah. to contract and yeah. finance. I mean, people want this. They're chomping at the bit for it. Uh, absolutely. So the, absolutely. The potential yeah. for and gain is there. They just it need is. To uh, and it, it's interesting. 
And I talked earlier about how difficult it is to get into these big companies. Going to them with a, a biorefinery. Let me give you an example of um, the cement industry. Um, and, and this has been a problem that has been, um, has faced the, um, the technology providers. So when they went to cement companies, they, their proposition was, look, we can take your smoke away. We can make it profitable, but you, the cement company, need to invest in this plant. Right. And okay, the investment is going to be about two times your annual EBITDA. And it's going to be producing products like animal feed and omega-3 oil, of which you have no idea. You know, you're not in those markets. So unsurprisingly, they got no takers, hardly any take takers. So our proposition now, and we that's why we've had such a fantastic response. So I must correct the greatest challenge because it is now the easiest part of the business. <laughs> Going to a cement company and saying, right, if you if you let us use some of your land, but cement companies have lots of land from quarries nearby that they've dug up. Um, give us some land, give us your smoke, um, and we will we will take the smoke and we will profitably convert it into animal feed, fish feed supplements, even cosmetics, right, at $3,000 a ton profit. They, after, they, after they've got through the, you've got to be kidding me, <laughs> this is some kind of April 1st hoax, <laughs> uh, they, they're there in line. And, say, and, and I said, we will finance it. That's the deal. If you, if you sign up, we will arrange external finance. Now, as you, as you say, we've got 18 companies, 218 biorefineries, where these companies, steel, cement, um, chemicals, oil and gas, power generation, have all said, yes, please, take it all. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, because, um, well, because they and they are going to make money out of this, not, not because they're investing in it, but because actually there is a premium a green premium for clean steel. So, for example, so um, the car manufacturers are crying out for zero carbon steel. And uh, just right now today, to convert a steel factory uh, from, you know, natural gas to electric arc furnaces which running on solar power you're talking about a billion dollars, right? That's the ticket uh, to get just to the words clean after the steel, right? Now, with us, it costs them nothing, next to nothing, and they can command a premium in the market. Uh, we don't know how much of a premium, but steel companies are building and investing $1 billion in conversion in the confident expectation they're going to get a return on that. So it's it's a safe. Uh, right. So that's why it's very it's very straightforward for us now to engage uh, to engage this the big heavy industries, which is where we have the greatest one of the greatest needs for um, attacking uh, climate change. And every company will get there because now isn't it like a a point system where they their emissions are less, so they're not fined and um, yep. Yeah. So yep. Absolutely, and they command a, a premium price. Yeah. 
So um, uh, a number of the big car manufacturers have already said we will pay a premium for zero carbon steel. And and of course, the steel comes in, well, it's all very well to say for you to say that, but is it a big enough premium to cover 1 billion euros for the steel factor, $1 billion? And the answer is, well, uh, no, not that much. Uh, so, so there is that demand and it is accelerating. Yeah, but that's why the investors have to see, you know, you how much, like you said, was it 3,000 um, per ton? I mean, how many tons per per uh, factor? I mean, it, it, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, it, it's, um, I think it's two, two tons of CO2 per ton of steel. So if you have a factory producing, well, a million tons of CO2, right. right, that is worth an absolute fortune to us. Right. Multiply that a million tons by three thousand dollars per ton profit uh now that's okay that's selling the more expensive food supplements and so on so maybe it's less say it's say it's five hundred dollars a ton that is still for a million tons that is five hundred million dollars of profit right a year right you, you have to invest yeah. of course uh first there's a capex cost but it's a payback of four or five years so, Which is, I mean, given what the stock market's given nowadays, I mean, it's like tanking left and right and the banks aren't given anything. So why would any investor not want to do this? <laughs> well, exactly. But again, it's just lack of awareness that it exists. Um, well, that's that comes the back to part. the marketing. Yeah. Part, I was going to say, that's a tricky part because people always say, I've never heard of this, but it's there. And we're making yeah. sure you know about this. But yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. where the connections all come in. So, yes. you know, the media has to wake up and acknowledge this and start paying attention. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. because people always say, well, I didn't hear of it. So how do I know it's real? It's real. It's happening. I mean, you even said you can, if people wanted to go and, and actually see it in person, like sign exactly. an NDA, they can go see exactly. what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the crazy thing is, this has been happening for a hundred years. Yeah. It's just the scale. Using a pond outside is not sophisticated at all yeah. and is very inefficient. And then, okay, putting them all through these perspex tubes and a fence. Right. It's more efficient, but it's still nowhere near as efficient enough. But putting them into tanks which have Super Bowl lighting. Super Bowl LED lights oh, within nice. six inches of any algae in that tank. Right. That algae, and if you feed it super nutrients as well, and you use machine learning to manage the growth cycles, then that stuff is going to grow like like nothing on earth. And you don't have to worry, like you said, with the ponds. You don't have to worry about climate. You don't have to worry about it. If it's a rainy month. We exactly. got no sunshine. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. that the ponds don't work in. Yeah, ponds are not a good idea in Norway. Or Sweden, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, but you have that solution, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, it, it, I think the best way to describe where we are right now is tantalizing, right? Because after all the years searching and evaluating and then the technological progress, we've found the technologies, uh, we're finding the capital, 46 billion has gone into the waste recycling, uh, as I say. Tragically, <laughs> not through us, but that's all right. We're, we're raising, <laughs> you can yeah, see we're raising that amount on the others. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So we and and getting a, a good response uh, from uh, investors. Um, so it, it is tantalizingly close after such a um, 
such a, a long journey here. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> now, how does a noble attract and reward the best talent? How can a noble offer uncapped earnings and life-changing capital? And what is retrospective fairness? So retrospective fairness, we, we apply not just the talent, but right across the board. So um, retrospective fairness, because, you know, if the contract we, we have with any partner organization, any supplier, uh, apart from those, uh, I mean, uh, retrospective fairness is not something that the tax authorities understand. Uh, <laughs> and Sadly it's not something either that the utility companies, you know, for your electricity or whatever. But, <laughs> but with our partners, it's retrospective fairness. And what that means is that, you know, when you sit down with a new partner, we find that, uh, it, it's, we specialize in, in agile partnerships, which are fast where you build trust quickly. Right. And we build trust by always trying to give something with no strings attached at the beginning. Okay, here it is, no strings attached. I mean, it's it's the same as when you go to, I mean, you, you, someone offers you uh, an e-book, right? Here it is, yeah. no strings <laughs> attached. Well, right. the, the only string attached is we have your email address and contact with you. Yeah, that was family, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah, you get the general picture. Yeah. So, um, Retrospective fairness means you do not have batteries of lawyers on both sides working out if this happens, then that's the result. Right. And if that happens, then this is the result, because you can go on forever like that. Uh, and the only people that really enjoy that are the lawyers. So we just come to the basic terms, and then either one of us can revisit that retrospectively. And so in terms of how that applies to talent, it means that it is um, it is built into our systems that individuals create their own careers. They pursue the direction of travel they want to go to, and also they know they're going to get a fair share of the value they create. And just right now, it's be it's like being, I don't know, uh, at Facebook or Google. You know what employee number 100 or employee 200 got. But I remember when Facebook listed, in London alone, there was something like, I think there were about 50 instant millionaires overnight <laughs> because they happened to be in at the beginning with right. the shares. Now, uh, we're the same in that respect, um, as you know from today's call. Uh, right. There is there is yeah, huge amounts of equity. <laughs> And, and shares of vast amounts of income because one of these biorefineries, you're talking about $400 million, $200 million of investment. And you're talking about very substantial amounts of revenue and EBITDA. So just being involved in one of those is a big deal. Being involved in the top code where we're, we're, rolling these out like cookie cutters uh is is exceptional and there's no there are no uh shareholders saying well this isn't right how could we possibly pay you know so and so who's just joined us six months ago and he he or she is fresh out of college how could he earn that much money uh how is it possible he can earn more than someone who's a vp in another company well the answer is it's, a, it's that direct correlation between the value. Yeah. And that, and I think 
the fact that it's remote working, uh, because one of the ambitions that um, I have is that we can recruit. Uh, so when we set up any one of these plants, we will have people management on the ground in these countries. Unfortunately, you cannot run a waste recycling plant totally remotely. You can run a lot of it remotely, but, <laughs> but you need someone there. So that then gives us the basis for setting up local um, Innovo centers where we recruit the college graduates, okay, the talent, and and because they do need, you know, it's like at that age, um, they do need a lot of um, feedback and mentoring and so on. Um, but it means that we can we can then um, start recruiting very large numbers of talented individuals who are utterly committed to the mission. You know, one of the things we do not have difficulty with explaining the why of Innovo. Why? Because the world is 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 going through catastrophic climate change, and um, even the word hoax has disappeared from the lexicon now, isn't it, with climate change? <laughs> so everybody can see it, yeah. and and the younger you are, the the more absolutely committed you are to it. I mean. No. Because half of us will say, well, we'll be gone by the time it really gets bad. Well, just well we never voice that out loud. Well, you know, I, mean, I keep saying, I hope I'm not <laughs> here. But, but my grandkids yeah. will, you yeah. know. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, okay. This is, um, uh, and so uh, in that respect, uh, the intention is to start rec recruiting and setting up these centers of individuals who can work anywhere remotely or they need the internet connection and that's pretty well pervasive now and uh, they earn the internal rate for that job so if we have uh, an executive working on uh, supporting roadmaps uh, the roadmaps uh, for us one executive can be working in um, Angola and another one could be working in New Wall Street uh, or New York, and no difference in what they get paid. Mm -hmm. And we can pay the uh, graduate executives in Angola remotely by phone. So there's no need for middlemen. There's no need for the usual corruption that plagues. Mm -hmm. It goes straight into their bank, their phone bank. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and it is, uh, it's a great hope because for every of these projects, we do a, an economic and sustainability. Mm -hmm assessment for the local community um, so so it is it is a very big big part uh, of that right and just so everybody's clear it's not that he just picks anybody out of a hat he does his due diligence on so we hire so it's not you know he does pick people yeah I mean everybody that you've got on your team has been somebody who is passionate about this they're dedicated to it they've got connections they understand what's going on and yeah you know, good stuff yeah yeah, no, it's um, and I, I look forward to moving. Um, uh, yes, in, engaging younger talent yeah. because we have the capability, the, the mentoring, and so on. Right. Um, yeah. Now, how can investors, companies, and the media get involved at Innovo? Like, what's your message to potential partners who want to join you in making a significant environmental impact? Well, um, I would start. I, and in fact, I just came off a call, right, one of the round table calls, 
running monthly with Vanguard, where um, the consensus was don't start with the impact, start with the profit and customers. Uh, uh, to If you want to get, it depends who you want to engage. If you want to engage young talent, don't start with the profit and customers, right? You start with the impact because they're going to face the consequences. But um, starting with the profit and the benefits to both, both major customer partners and to investors, then you get their attention. Uh, because there is this big debate, isn't it, at the moment about, yeah, are we are we saving the planet or are we making money here? Because the but two seem the con thing. contradictory. But you're doing both. That's the one thing that uh, people well, that's don't it. believe. That's <laughs> the key. That's yeah. the key. Um, and and you know, in in answer to both sides, are we focusing on profitability or sustainability? As you say, we are focusing on absolutely both. But it has to be profit first, right. because well, they, it, it's not yeah. viable. It won't grow as fast as we need it to grow if it's not profitable. Well, that's the tricky part because everybody realizes this is an issue, but it's, you know, the world we live in. I don't care if it's government or whatnot. Everybody knows what has to get done, but at the end of yeah. the day, if they're not making money on it, it just gets swept away. So exactly. this is a way that it is a problem. Everybody's clear on that. There's no denying that. And it can yeah. be fixed. And you can still make money on it. This is why yes. people need to wake up and realize that there is a solution. You know, there yes. is a solution that yeah. appeases both sides of this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's what's hard to take take in. Um because it, it just seems so improbable. Yeah, and I I I look at endless clips in the media and the news and on TV about this technology and that technology and uh, sure, there are some great technologies out there, but they're not now. 99.99% uh, of them are not now on the scale of impact we need to hit the challenges we face. One or two are, uh, but the vast majority aren't. And you feel like, but over here, look look at this technology. Yeah. Not ours, we just found it. Yeah. And But it is changing fast on both counts. And... As you know, uh, as these companies, these big companies we've now started working with and are getting a memoranda of understanding with them, uh, as they start to uh, reach out to their own audiences with their own marketing clout to say, look at what we're doing, look at what we're putting in here, look at the money we're making and how this is going to be really attractive to our customers, then it'll, it'll hit that uh marketing tipping point right so i guess now you're involved with a whole lot i mean you have i mean basically on your website it's having co2 emissions profitably um your website contains so much cost of achieving net zero <clears throat> for heavy co2 emitters steel industry cement industry coal oil gas whatnot i mean um technology that converts co2 into i mean your website contains so much info but i guess in a quick nutshell just tell investors media and potential collaborators Every type of company out there that is under the radar for massive CO2 emissions, how you can help them uh, slash, you know, your goals to do this in the uh, six years profitably. It, it's very simple. Um, if you're an investor, go to the investors page, right? And we can take you immediately to the whole investment proposition, which has been put together by 
um, a, an institutional investment standard. So the investment that we are raising is uh, being is capable of being submitted to the most thorough due diligence by the big investment banks, the big private equity houses, and the sovereign wealth funds. If you're a commercial partner, just go to the roadmap. Because the roadmap, uh, we do the roadmap and we look at your business, your supply chains, and we then work out which are the most profitable fleet and technologies to deploy as quickly as possible. Uh, so it's very, very um, simple and fast and highly profitable. <laughs> For sure. Now, anything else you want to add that we didn't already talk about? Uh, no, I think we've been we've been around the world in a. In a in you a have so world. much going on. I know. Well, it's kind of tricky because that's the the crazy part. It's not that you know you're a, a clothing company that you know you have jackets when it's cold. You have a product that covers so many different angles. It's uh, you yeah. have ESG, you have climate control, you have saving the planet, yeah. you have in creating fish. I mean, even with that, it's fish food. It's like you said, it's dyes. It's like uh, cosmetics, vitamins. <laughs> yeah, so it's enormous. Good. But but it's it's more like um, coming back in the gold rush yeah. uh, with a whole range of different nuggets, yeah. right? Uh, but make no mistake, <laughs> there's mountains you have to go through to get to the nuggets. Yeah. So and it's not just one. It's and they're not ours. All we're doing is just presenting them to the outside world mm -hmm. and looking for investment and commercial partners for these technologies. But it is it is like coming down from the hills <laughs> with these nuggets and people say, oh, that can't be real gold. Oh, I've never seen one that big right. or that profitable. <laughs> well, hopefully now that the world is really starting to see that this is a big issue, yeah. hopefully people yeah. really take notice that yep. there is a solution. It's not just a... a well, multiple <laughs> solutions. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to include your website and everything on here, but is there, um, how do you want people to get a hold of you to learn? Let's I just the use the website. There's a, there's, a, there's a more info button. You can click, book a call with us, right. and we'll, we'll talk. Because everyone's specific needs are different. Right. So we're rather sort of blanket. Uh, yeah, book a call with us. We'll have a chat. Yeah, and, and if, uh, there's, if they can't find the info, let one of us know. And because I know the website has so much information on there. And there's yes. the LinkedIn group that, you know, yep. uh, I'll post all that in here yep. to Twitter yep. and all that good stuff. Yep. And there's a box, <laughs> there's a box set of videos. And, and no, and no subscription premium. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, something you are here too much now. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Well, thank you again for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the channel. And again, this was Martin Kelly of Innovo, Innovo Profitable Net Zero. So never miss an episode by subscribing to the channel. Thank you again. Thank, thank you very much. Really enjoyed. I yes. haven't enjoyed a press interview so much ever. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Keep things real. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.